Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is the Joe Cunningham Show. Joe here, and we are here to wrap up the week. Look at the big news of the day, and there is plenty of it. We've got to go with the big breaking story of the day, and that is Merrick Garland uh, appointing a special counsel for the Hunter Biden investigation. So as of right now, I know that my colleagues at Red State are doing a lot of digging, uh, looking for the actual DOJ document appointing him, trying to get as many details as we can. There is a lot of stuff. There's a lot more speculation out there than there are facts on this. I want to make sure that we're taking this very slowly. Now, David Weiss is the guy who brokered the sweetheart deal for Hunter Biden. Now, Weiss has also said... As part of whistleblower testimony, uh, he is alleged to have tried to push for more against Hunter Biden, was shut down by DOJ. Weiss himself has kind of gone back and forth as to what actually was happening, but now he's been granted special counsel status. One thing to note is that as far as we are told, David Weiss requested special counsel's uh, status in order to carry the investigation onward. It wasn't as though Merrick Garland uh, said, hey, you know, I should appoint a special counsel. I wonder who I'm going to do. How about David Weiss? Uh, Weiss requested it. Uh, That is pretty significant. Normally, there uh, there are some issues with this. Normally, special counsels are usually appointed from outside of government. Uh... Garland could have rejected that because he was already so closely tied to the case and he had already lost in court with the uh, sweetheart plea deal. Weiss uh, also today filed for a change of venue in the Hunter Biden case, uh, wanted that case moved to California and out of the courtroom of the judge that tossed out the plea agreement in the first clip case. So there is a lot going on. Naturally, as you might expect, Republicans uh, very, very upset about this. They are calling it obstruction. They are calling it a cover-up. There are a couple things uh, to note. One is that there... Okay. Um, There's a lot of speculation that Weiss is going to be able to uh, ignore the House committee investigating Hunter Biden now that because he's got special counsel status, he, he can obstruct them. That's not actually the case. They can still subpoena because he is the district attorney of Delaware. He didn't he hasn't resigned from one job in order to become the special counsel. As far as we still know, he's still a U.S. attorney in Delaware. And that's pretty significant. That means that outside of his job as special counsel, his role in the Hunter Hunter Biden investigation up till now, that still leaves him open to subpoena and questioning from the House. Now, Comer, Jim Jordan, all of these folks are up in arms. Mike Johnson, a congressman from Louisiana who we've had on the show before, 
He also had a comment on it uh, today. The appointment of David Weiss as special counsel in the Hunter Biden case is a blatant attempt to obstruct Congress. The corrupted Biden Garland DOJ is out of control and the weaponization subcommittee will not let them get away with this and destroy what's left of our justice system. The speculation that Weiss is shielded from having to testify before Congress, we don't know that that's the case. That's that's they're going to try, obviously. But this is something that is also pretty significant. The media is freaking out about this appointment. The media doesn't like that this appointment has happened. And here's why. They have absolutely been losing their mind over what Comer has been releasing from the special committee investigating all this. James Comer, who is in charge of this select committee, has been releasing bank records. And at this point, it is very obvious that after Joe Biden, after Hunter Biden was given extraordinary amounts of money, Joe Biden, as vice president, just happened to meet with the people that were giving Hunter Biden the cash. And so now there's a lot more smoke in the room and there is very clearly a fire and there's very clearly something going on and the media has freaked out about it. The appointing of a special counsel suggests that Merrick Garland knows he cannot keep this from spilling over any longer. So he, uh, he basically appoints a sacrificial lamb. He has to appoint somebody as special counsel to get his department away from it because there are all these questions about the Department of Justice and whether or not they are just a, an arm of the Democratic Party at this point. They are the police force of the Democratic Party, and they are doing whatever they can to cover up any wrongdoing by Democrats. Merrick Garland, trying to save the DOJ's image, appoints a special counsel to investigate all this because he knows that if his, count, if his agency, if his Department of Justice does indeed investigate this, there's no way that anybody will believe whatever charges end up coming forward. So he's got to hire somebody. And so he appoints David Weiss as special counsel. Now David Weiss, the guy who has been investigating Hunter Biden, who brought forward this sweetheart deal, although allegedly he has claimed that he was being shut down by Maine Justice at some point. All of this comes together to kind of paint the narrative that there is just too much for the DOJ to ignore anymore. And that has the media and that has Democrats very worried. Now, remember what I said the other day about impeachment. Republicans have the opportunity to make Joe Biden as radioactive as possible. As long as they keep the investigations going, appointing a special counsel does not, does not, mean that the House has to shut down its select subcommittee. In fact, this only encourages them to keep going. And if there is a special counsel and they are looking at all this and they are investigating all this and the House is investigating all this, then the story does not go away. 
Now, everything that David Weiss finds out, the Republicans can get access to. They can stone as long as they can, but subpoena powers by Congress, when used properly, can be very uh, can be very hard to ignore. And the House can get whatever it wants through its own investigations, and they can release to David Weiss. And if David Weiss doesn't use any of that evidence, the House Republicans are free to release it like James Comer has already with the bank records. The story isn't going away is the bottom line. The fact that there's a special counsel means that the Hunter Biden story cannot be squashed by the mainstream media anymore. It means that this is only going to get worse for Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is already struggling. He is losing some core support from key demographics. There is a notable shift in minority demographics moving away from the Democratic Party, if not toward the Republican Party. There is a lack of voter enthusiasm within his own party, much less among independents. You now have labor unions more willing to strike while Joe Biden is in office. In fact, there is a possible strike from the United Auto Workers that's coming up because of the Biden administration's obsession with electric vehicles. I want to get into that a little bit later. But all this really means is that Joe Biden's problems are not going away. It can't be swept under the rug any longer. There was so much smoke in the room. There were so many red flags that the DOJ had no choice but to pick a special counsel. And they picked the guy who was responsible for a sweetheart deal with Hunter Biden that has since gotten thrown out. But that doesn't mean that they can just quash this investigation. It's going to keep going. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. We've got more of your news of the day coming up here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com. I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. Did have somebody uh, call during the break. Just wanted to mention that uh, the special counsel, the, this whole plan is already kind of aiming at drawing this whole thing out. Part of the reason for that is that the the tax uh, the tax evasion charges, there is a statute of limitations. If you drag this out into 2024, uh, some of those uh, some of those accusations, those charges would expire. Statute of limitations. So they are going to try to slow walk this as much as possible. Also, try to keep it from being as 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 much of a part of the uh, election as possible, they can't they can't squash it though. They can't keep the news reports out. They they can't not do anything here. That's that's the key. 
So they can try to slow walk it. They can try to run out the clock on on um, on statute of limitations for the tax charges. But there is a lot of stuff here. And the fact I go back to the fact that if Merrick Garland felt the need to appoint a special counsel. And this isn't something you just snap your fingers and it happens automatically. This takes time to think about it and decide. Which means that there's been enough information out there for a while now that Merrick Garland just saw no other choice. And as much as David Weiss is a questionable choice at best, the fact that they have appointed a special counsel now is pretty telling that there is a there there. Now, this also comes, by the way, on the same day that Joe Biden's attorneys were in talks with federal prosecutors over terms of his interview with them in the special documents case. That that's there's remember Robert Hur is the uh, special counsel uh, investigating the Joe Biden document scandal. That's still going on in the background, too. And Biden's lawyers are now in discussion with prosecutors over when they'll be able to interview the president on that. None of this is going away. And things are looking like they're actually getting worse. Keep in mind, like I said, Joe Biden's got a lot of stuff on his plate right now. He's got a lot of crises to manage. He's got the special documents case. He's got this special counsel now for his son, Hunter. He's got a potential labor strike from the United Auto Workers. I'm getting to that after the bottom of the hour news break. He's got uh, a real voter apathy among his own voters. He's got a lot of problems right now. And... There's there's no real solution here. He's just got to try to weather the storm. And he's shown on the stage. He's shown in his press appearances. He's shown in his public events. He's he's not able to weather very many storms. He is not doing well at all with public comments, handling the press handling the questions, handling people in general. Joe Biden is in a world of trouble right now, and just his age and the stuff that he is clearly going through, none of that is helping, and it's making his image a whole lot worse. Let's take this break. When we get back, environmentalism could cause a labor union strike. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do is download the KPL News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from 3 to 4 p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So go over to your app store, download the KPL News app, and listen to my show every day from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Mike, 
uh, reaching out through the KPEL app chat just a little while ago. Wanted to get to him before we move over to uh, the phone lines. Mike asked, uh, Joe, do you think this is the beginning of the Dems trying to get rid of Biden or just a show to ultimately clear Biden of any wrongdoing? I'm not sure that the Democrats are going to be able to get rid of Biden. They don't have anybody else. Now, there's there's still speculation about out there about Michelle Obama. But one of the one of the things that's really kind of gone underreported about Michelle Obama is that she admitted to bearing a lot of resentment toward Barack for running for office. She hated the White House. She hated being in politics. And. I don't see her as somebody who's wanting to jump in. Now, if she does end up getting dragged in, there's something a lot more nefarious going on. I just don't know who they would get rid of Joe Biden for. That's the problem. Uh, Kamala Harris polls lower than Biden or Trump or Congress. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is MIA constantly. I just don't know who else there would be. Um, and I'm not sure if this is just a show to ultimately clear Biden of any wrongdoing. I just, I like I said, I just think that there's, there's too much for Merrick Garland to have ignored on all this. That's that's my take on it, Mike. Thank you very much for the message. Let's jump over to the phone lines. We've got John on the line. John, how are you? Good, and you, sir? I'm on top of the dirt, and it's not it's not on top of me. <laughs> I got you. Fair enough. Um, talking about Merrick Garland. Mm-hmm. It is it is one of the most outrageous appointments of a special counsel. Yes. Which should be rare, but now it seems very common. Um, I don't understand, one, how it's not a conflict for someone who's accused of slow-walking major felonies till the statute expires to appoint him, let alone the home state of where the president is from. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, the, uh, they don't understand the optics of this. They don't care I mean, the Democrats the don't, it's, it's horrible. It, 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 if it were, if it were any rational human being, yes, the optics would absolutely come into play here, but the Democrats don't care about optics. I mean, these are the same Democrats that have decided that Bidenomics is absolutely a stellar thing that they should be embracing right now. They, they don't, they don't care about uh, conflicts of interest. They don't care about the optics. They just care about clearing their guy. And Weiss is but at best a questionable decision. I, I would even go further than questionable. I mean, you could say, oh, he's a Trump appointee. Well, here's how that works in a lot of smaller districts like Lafayette. Mm-hmm. The president changes hands from one company, the head AUSA, who's in charge, if they're of that party, they get put in that place. It's not like a big interview of hundreds of, of U.S. attorneys. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it is to me, it is just absolutely infuriating. You don't get someone independent who hasn't seen any of the facts to come in and start fresh. Because also part of a special counsel's purview, in my opinion, is, is more of the whole totality of it, mm-hmm. which would incorporate the president. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. It's going to be a very narrow investigation into Hunter. It's going to get slow walked. Um, and it's going to go nowhere. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely preposterous. 
And to see Garland with his smug self-righteousness is, to me, is just infuriating. Well, so two things there. First, I'm glad you brought up the point about David Weiss being a Trump appointee because there's one aspect of that most people forget, and that's when you're appointing a U.S. attorney in a state, it's nor it goes through approval of the senators in that state, and both the senators from Delaware are Democrats. They can issue a blue slip, and that stops the nomination in its tracks, and then it, you have it's right. a, it's a whole thing. So. The Democrat senators of Delaware approved the hiring of, of David Weiss. This isn't just Trump hired this guy. It's he was hired. He was approved by Democrats. And most of the time, U.S. attorneys are fired when the next president comes in. David Weiss yes. stuck around because he was he was already investigating something else related to Biden. He was already investigating the Hunter Biden stuff. So they kept him on. But. Uh, but really, I mean. Yeah, like I, like I said, questionable at best, and I don't think this is a best-case scenario here. But, I mean, do you think the special counsel will investigate the whistleblower accusations? I, I doubt. I, I doubt it, they too. They should. They, they absolutely should. And that's why I go back to what I was saying earlier, that the House Republicans have to continue launching investigation after investigation, keep it going, keep it going, keep releasing the stuff as you get it, and just basically put a ton of pressure on the special counsel. If the House, if House Republicans get all of this information and they start making it public, and the special counsel ignores it, the Department of Justice has a real problem on its hands at that point. But how much? How much? And I'm not sure on this. I mean, you know, I'm asking a question. How much obstruction? Now, I don't want to. Maybe that's too strong a word. How much resistance can they have? refusing the oversight committee because it's an act, quote, active investigation. Not much. Um, so Jonathan Turley earlier on Fox mentioned something about a special counsel having uh, the power to basically evade uh, uh, House subpoenas and things like that. And they actually don't. Special counsels are not immune uh, from House subpoenas. So they can still subpoena him. And if he doesn't abide by the subpoena, they can make a criminal referral on that. So they can try to obstruct as long as possible, but it's going to turn into a major legal fight if they do. That is obstruction of Congress. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time, Mr. Joe. Great show as always. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, John. You have a good one. You too. All right. Let's, I want to move on to this because this is, this is a story that's not getting talked about very much. It was mentioned in Politico yesterday. I didn't hear many other people talking about it. And it's a pretty big deal when you put it with everything else. And I'm not just bringing this up because I was running the board for Moon. And, of course, there's always a lot of climate change talk there. But this is also an electoral issue. And you guys know I love talking about those electoral issues. Joe Biden's staring down the barrel of another labor union strike. And it's because of his obsession and his administration's obsession with electric vehicles. The United Auto Workers are threatening to go on strike. The Biden administration has pushed electric vehicles nonstop since they came into office. There's a problem. Noted champion of the blue collar worker Joe Biden is endorsing electric vehicles whose batteries are made in non-union plants. And the UAW is mad about that and they want the government to step in and 
uh, and basically fast track allowing the workers at those plants to vote to unionize. They want that union membership from workers at the battery plants for electric vehicles. And the Biden administration is having to step in now and, and start uh, going over the mediation process with uh, those plants and the workers. Now, one of the things that you have to know here is that these plants are jointly owned. It's not just the automakers, it's the battery companies. The battery companies jointly own those plants. So you have to not only bring like GM and these other companies to the table, these other automakers to the table, you've got to bring the battery companies to the table too. That makes the negotiation a lot more complex. And the UAW is trying to get those plant workers unionized. And if they don't, the UAW is threatening to go on strike over this because the Biden administration is pushing work to non-union plants. If you don't push for EVs so hard, you don't have so many of these non-union plants getting so much more work from the automakers. But this is something the Biden administration has failed to do from the start, which is take into account every facet that gets affected, everything that gets affected by this rapid push for electric vehicles. You and I, normal Americans, cannot afford electric vehicles. We have a very weak economy to where even if in normal circumstances we could afford it, it's much less likely we're going to try right now. You have the fact that EV uh, producers are struggling to get the materials they need for their cars to qualify for the subsidies the U.S. government put into place under the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Remember, most of the electric vehicles on the market don't qualify for those subsidies because most of their parts are made overseas. Lithium, which is needed for electric vehicle batteries, there's, I think, one lithium mine in Maine, and environmentalists are trying to get it shut down. Most of our lithium has to come from overseas, particularly China. We have to subsidize China for the minerals and materials that we need to make the electric vehicles in the U.S. Our electric grid cannot handle a mass conversion of the U.S. Uh, consumer to electric vehicles. And now you've got the unions that are upset. And on top of everything else, going along with this, is the fact that the government is now trying to use the latest developments in electric vehicle technology to subsidize its energy grids. California is looking, I kid you not on this, California is looking to utilize the bi-directional charging of electric vehicles, meaning vehicles that, that one of the features of vehicles right now is that your electric vehicle can double as a generator if the power goes out. The state of California wants to make it to where the electricity in those electric vehicles can be used to supplement the power grid in cases of extreme uh, events where they have to do rolling blackouts and brownouts because the grid is stretched too, uh, stretched too thin. So they want American consumers, uh, California said we got to go all electric by what, 20, 
30 or 2035 or whatever it was. California said that. Then they said, oh, by the way, if we have these rolling blackouts and brownouts because our power grid's too weak, uh, we're going to use the energy. We're going to use the electricity in your electric vehicles to power uh, the state of California. So your battery gets drained by the same government that told you have to have the battery-powered vehicle, which means you can't drive anywhere, which means you're going to stay home and use more electricity at home. And the Biden administration and the progressives and the, the cult of climate change, they don't see a problem with this. They, really, they, they don't understand the flaws in all of this. Say what you want about climate change, whether it's real or not, whether it's man-made or it's not, whatever. Whatever the case may be, this is foolish. It is absolutely unreal that somebody can look at bidirectional charging and think, you know what, we can use everybody's electric vehicles to subsidize our entire power grid. But that's what the Democrats in California are claiming they can do, not realizing that is probably the dumbest thing that any rational person has ever heard. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, we will wrap up the show in just a moment. Your calls, your messages through the app chat and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them, but... I do have a request. If you guys listen to The Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, go to your podcast app, wherever you're listening to this from, and give the podcast a rating and a review. That helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to The Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. So Joe Biden has made a fairly significant admission. He admitted yesterday that the Inflation Reduction Act has very little to do with inflation. I wish I hadn't called it that, he said. It has less to do with reducing inflation than it does providing alternatives that generate economic growth. Just last year, Biden said the Inflation Reduction Act will lower inflation, cut the deficit, reduce health care costs, tackle the climate crisis, and promote energy security. Earlier this year, when, uh, when inflation started dropping, Pete Buttigieg hopped on uh, CNBC and said, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, we, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act and now inflation is, is going down. I, I, I think we'd call that a win. And the CNBC interviewer said nothing that's in the Inflation Reduction Act has gone into effect yet. And it's mostly about the um, energy, green energy. And Pete Buttigieg muttered his or stuttered his way out of that one. But while we have all of this, Across the Pacific, China's economic woes are getting worse. And I mentioned in the last segment, part of the problem with the Biden administration's green energy initiatives is that it subsidizes China. It gives China a geopolitical foe, a lifeline. It makes our green energy initiatives dependent on China. 
lending from Chinese banks fell to a 14-year low. Plummeting mortgage demand and household loans forced the Chinese central bank to cut interest rates to help stabilize the faltering economy. It has dipped into deflation as export and imports fell to concerning levels last month. Youth unemployment has skyrocketed while the country's domestic housing market has tumbled. The country's largest property developer is on the brink of insolvency. Chinese births are set to fall by 25% from last year's record low number. The yearly birth rate for Chinese newborns is down 40% from five years ago. China is struggling, which is why, as I've mentioned before, we've seen so many hostile actions from the Chinese against the U.S. The Chinese want to win an economic war. They want the U.S. to become destabilized. American companies are looking at getting out of China and looking at Taiwan, India, other places around the world, places where they can still get cheap labor, but not have it tied to a hostile foreign power, one that is so incredibly demanding and you have to give a ton of access to personal data to China. They have to have their hand in your cookie jars at all times if you do work in China. And so American companies are wanting to get out, and that is also hurting the Chinese economy. But that's why the obsession with green energy is so weird, because it subsidizes China at a time when China is acting so incredibly hostile toward the rest of us. And we need to be paying attention. We definitely don't need to be subsidizing the Chinese Communist Party. All right, y'all, that's it from me. You have a great, great weekend. Really, stay cool, stay inside, drink plenty of water if you have to go outside, but have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email joe at redstate.com. The podcast version of the show will be live in just a few minutes if you, miss, if you missed any portion of today's show. You can find it on the podcast, joecunninghamshow.substack.com or wherever you get your podcast. If you do get it from like Apple or Spotify or wherever, make sure you get a, give it a rating and a review. Uh, Want to make sure that, you know, the more it gets rated and reviewed, the more people will see it as they're scrolling through different uh, podcasts to look for. Shannon is it here. He is offsides and he is next here on News Talk 96.5. You guys have a great one. Talk to you again soon.